I'm Kieran Lynch and welcome to Overcast, the Chocolate Sheep Podcast. Each episode, we bring you latest insights, advice and technical updates for the sheep industry. With scanners busy, the length and breadth of the country, in this episode, I'm joined by my colleague Damien Costello, who's going to discuss the management of these scanner results. How do we make use of that information? How do we put a practical plan in place for our flock for the coming weeks and months? It determines really um, what, what your crop of lambs are going, is going to be for the, the coming year. Um, you know, you'd be looking at things, are, are there issues with having a lot of, uh, with your pregnancy rate, are there a lot of empties? Um, so look, at, it's a good time to to take stock. Um, you know, are you happy with the scan? Um, is there room for improvement? Uh, should you be looking at something like uh, introducing a more prolific breed of yo to the, to, to the flock? Um, should you be more focused on the getting the yos into the optimum breeding or the body condition score at mating? You know, uh, those kind of things are those are some of the questions you you you, you might be asking yourself if you if you're not happy with your scan at, at this time. And like that is some benchmarking your performance. Certainly, look against yourself for a start. How does it compare to previous years? Is a good place to start, and maybe having a target there to work towards for the coming years. Another one. Well, exactly. Yeah. 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 Just another aspect of it, Damon, like, I suppose, look, the litter size parked aside for a minute, and you mentioned them with more prolific breeds. The pregnancy rate one first is probably the first figure that will grab most of us when we look at it. How many empties are on the flock and mm. all things going right, hopefully it's a very minimal level, certainly less than 2%. But it sometimes can be nearly indication of problems in flocks too. Now, that might be, you know, simple ram fertility, but it might be something else on the line in the flock. Yeah, exactly. As you say, it, it can be. I mean, if you, as you say, it's it's good to compare with with what you normally would have in other years. But if there are a, a particularly high number of of empties, um, you may be looking at an issue with with a ram. Uh, the other thing, you, the other question you might be asking: Is there an underlying abortion issue or something like that 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 needs further investigation? Look, uh, we'll we'll come to the the nutrition end of it in a moment. But I suppose the first management kind of decision you have to make is them MTOs in the flock. Do I keep, do I sell, and is there any other action needed with them? Yeah, look, it's a common question, I suppose, from farmers. Um, I suppose uh, colios are a reasonably good trade at the at the moment. Um, I suppose if, they, if they're aged yos and they're in fairly good condition, uh, maybe the option for those is is to move them on, uh, uh, you know, from a cash flow point of view or, or other things. Um, in other situations, I suppose if, if they're if they're young sheep and there are no other other issues apparent, um, maybe people are willing to give them a, a second chance. And uh, but I suppose the important thing is that maybe you you take them out of the of the main flock at this stage. Uh, they may free up a little bit of room in the shed or whatever. Um, we say, in a, for example, if if you have your lambs, we'll say that have been been ran dry. You could put the the the, the dry yaws that you're keeping until next year, you, you could put them with the yaw lambs. Uh, but you don't want to be including them, I suppose, in the in the, in the the feeding regime that you're, you're given to your, your, your pregnant yaws. No, as you indicated there, like if the young yaws have a clean history, nothing else obvious wrong with them, you know, replacement costs are high. Keeping them back for a year might work for some. In the other case, then look at certainly selling them off as culls. That cash flow can be useful at this time of the year. Yeah, yeah. Look, you mentioned there about taking them out and feeding them separately, and that really brings us to what our key focus on using these scanner results are. It's a core element, Damien, in that late pregnancy management and feeding regime. You know, dividing out them yolks and maybe managing them appropriately and putting that in place early enough. Like, where's the starting point for that? 
Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, as you say, the, the, the key benefits, I suppose, that you're, you're, you're looking to or what you're trying to achieve in terms of late pregnancy nutrition of the OFLAC is that um, you, you're trying to get your limbs uh, up to the, the optimum birth weight. You're trying to have yours with plenty of milk. Uh, and so on. Those are the, the, the main things. And, you know, the optimum birth weight um, you know, varies um, by, by, by litter size, really. So whether they're carrying singles or, or twins or triplets, um, it can, can vary. And the other thing here, and I suppose we mentioned in a, in a previous uh, podcast a few weeks back, that the importance of knowing the, the feed value of your silage um, is is very important as well in terms of the of the of the the, the, the nutrition plan you put in place. The, the idea there with the multiples, though perhaps look, I, I mean, they can be met with some inversion, particularly if it's a case of triplets or certainly quads. Dealing with them or splitting them out early enough, Damien, does it happen in enough cases? It probably doesn't, Kieran, um, and particularly, I suppose, um, if you take the example of uh, somebody that's, that's feeding kind of very average quality uh, silage, uh, the, the concentrate requirement, even if you take, for example, uh, triplet bearing yours that would be on, say, 65 DMD bale silage, uh, you'd be probably looking at the, the, the total concentrate requirements for triplet bearing yours is probably in around 44 or 5 kilos for, for a triplet-bearing yo. Uh, but I think the key thing, or uh, maybe a mistake that's made sometimes, is not starting this uh, feeding regime in time. It's important that you step up that uh, feeding regime gradually, um, that you maybe start them at 0.2 or 0.3 of a kilo and gradually build them up maybe to a kilo in the, the weeks leading up to lambing. But for triplet-bearing yo's, um, you're talking about starting pretty much immediately after scanning particularly if they're on uh, lower quality uh, forage uh, and that they, 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 the total concentrate requirement is fairly high. So, I mean, in the days after scanning, you're probably talking about uh, separating out your, your triplet jaws into a pin and starting them on, on, a, on a low level of concentrate. The other thing, I suppose, that's important probably at scanning time is that you maybe body condition score uh, your yaws and take, for example, if you came across a group of, uh, we'll say yours, that were carrying twins, uh, but were maybe a bit behind where you'd like to see them in terms of body condition, that they're, they're, they're the thinner uh, batch of twin-bearing yours. In that situation, you might be starting to feed them or you might be grouping them in with your, with your triplets so that they will be put on the same regime as the, as the triplets. I think you're after bringing up something very relevant there. Like, there's always a practical limitation how we manage these yews in late pregnancy and the guidelines are great to work off, but we have to apply them at farm level. It's generally the number of pens deeming is available. It's the append spacing on it, how many we can fit in. You would love to have multiple groups on it, but it doesn't always allow in a real situation. You touched on something there, grouping in them thinner ones, maybe to make up a number to fill you know, the two pens, the triplets or three, whatever it is. You have to think about it from that context that it's more than just uh, that's exactly it and it's it's really the, 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 as you said the pra the practicalities of it um as i say if if you have a if you have a, a group of, of triplet bearing yours um and you, they're they're not filling a, a pin or a couple of pins that you have assigned for the triplets um uh, taking in um the the, the thinner um your lamb or the thinner um, twin bearing yours 
and and grouping them, put, putting them on the same feed regime as the triplet bearing yews is probably prudent. It's a difficult time to probably build body condition score on, on thin yews, but at a minimum, if you can at least maintain them at what they're at, or, or maybe a slight increase, you, you, you won't substantially increase the body condition score probably. Just something else that kind of crops up. Monitoring that score, particularly maybe in the singles and twins, for them, you also might be getting thin during this period and lead up to lambing. There is a potential, of course, that it could be slightly wrong in the scan result. Changing them up or moving them up a pen at that stage is another approach. Well, that's exactly it. I mean, if if you're keeping a, if you're keeping an eye on them and you feel that they're that, that there's a even even a, sometimes people we, and rightly so, I suppose people would be uh, conscious maybe of not overfeeding uh, single bearing yews on the basis that you do want to run into trouble with very big singles and the, the associated dystochia. If if you exceed, I suppose the optimum birth uh, the, the optimum birth weight for single bearing yews. But if even if you have a single bearing uh, yew that you feel is losing body condition. Um, you, you you can take her out of the pin she's in and move her up to the to a a, a, a pin of twin bearing yours so that 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 uh, she's she's you're giving her an, an extra bit of feed. Um, you know it's not about as you said there it's not practical to talk about uh, pinning out all these different groups. So uh, as as you say moving them up to the next the next feed level or the next group uh, of of yours is is probably what happens in practice and that that's fine. It's about, it's about really applying what works your own farm level. David, we would just like as a final point on this, um, you know, making use of that result afterwards. We tend to take the result, we hopefully put all in place for the coming weeks, but it is something worth referring back to then, like when Lamont is finished, how well did we fare out? How well did what went out to the field pan out by what we actually scanned? And maybe taking a little measure on that as well is no harm. Yeah, it's a good idea. And I mean, I suppose sometimes we talk about maybe mortality rate in terms of lamb mortality and really um on the day of scanning i suppose um we we, we often hear to say we, we we don't count our chickens before they're hatched but on the day of scanning i suppose the number of lambs that are being carried by your yours on that day are, are potentially the number of lambs that are available uh, yes look at there will be there will be there will be losses at, at all different stages um along the the, the thing after that but if you compare, I suppose, the number of lambs um, you have at scanning time versus the number that are there at, at weaning time. Um, you know, it's it's that is a, a true indicator of, of lamb mortality on the farm. It's probably it's probably a topic we're going to come back to during the spring, so it is. Damien, look, thanks for your insights on that today. It's good having you back on us. No problem, Kieran. Thanks yourself. Okay, we're going to have to wrap it up at this point again. Look, plenty to focus on. Lot of scanning going on around the country. But making use of that information, both directly in how we're going to manage our flock for the coming weeks and maybe something to refer back to after we scan and maybe set our target for ourselves. Do we want to improve this for the coming year? Is something worth focusing on? That's it for me for this episode. Again, for any other updates on the Sheep Programme, keep an eye on our Twitter page at Chaga Sheep. I'm Kieran Lynch. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in to any of our podcasts.